Hey, welcome to Church Experience Online. We're so happy you joined us today. As you watch this teaching video, if you have any questions or need help getting connected, please don't hesitate to reach out by phone or email. Also, our website is the best place to go if you would like to access helpful growth step resources, join a serving team, uh, connect in a life group, get your questions answered, or support this movement financially by giving online. At the end of this teaching video, you'll hear one of our Church Experience Worship original songs, and we hope that gives you an opportunity to worship and reflect on what you've learned. Thanks again for joining us at Church Experience Online. This is Church Experience. Church Experience. Top of the charts. Top of the charts. Week five. The way I am. I really like the sound of that song by Charlie Puth, 26-year-old musician, wrote a great song, The Way I Am. You know, earlier this year on May 11, Charlie uh, was interviewed about this record and what it meant for him personally and artistically, and this, this is what he said. He said, I was trying to figure out who I was musically, and I was putting all these songs out there that didn't really sound like each other, and I was trying to be someone that I wasn't. Even outside of music, I thought, oh, I'm a pop singer. I have to act a certain way. I have to talk a certain way. I fell victim to that, and I always told myself that if success ever hit me, that would never happen to me. But that exact same thing, probably 10 times more, happened to me. See, Charlie seems to be wrestling with something about his identity that is something that so many people will struggle with. Who is he? Who do others expect him to be? And who does he really want to be personally and, and musically? Charlie went on to say, I realized that I hadn't put a record out that was about my anxiety and my insecurities. He said that I'm pretty sure a lot of people in this world share with me, so why not put a record out that people can sing along to? And, and you can kind of see it in some of the lyrics of this song that you just heard. You know, if, if you go and look under the surface, baby, I'm a little insecure, is what he sings. You know, and I think inside all of this is a really important identity question. It's powerful if you can answer it. And, and, and here's the question. How do I find contentment in my identity? In other words, in who I am. How do I find contentment in that when I'm not fully what others think I should be? And when I don't fully know, uh, when I'm not fully who I think I can be. How, How do I find contentment in that? How do I find peace when others don't really like who I am or when I don't always fully like who I am? How do I find peace in that? Well, God has some powerful and really helpful truth to help us sort through all this. And it's, it's a question that if you can get on top of it, and it has huge implications for your life. Well, we're going to look in, in Philippians for the duration of this message, chapter 1 specifically. This, this chapter, this letter was written to the church, an, an early church in the city of Philippi. And interestingly, as Paul writes, inspired by God to this city, this, this city, this Roman colony, was named after King Philip II. And his son went on to be Alexander the Great. And so it gives you a little context, uh, context for those of you who are in history. And, and this, this city, this city of Philippi, had this church and it was young, it had grown. Uh, they had a, they had a lot going on, but it was not yet the kind of church that it needed to be. And, and, and Paul writes to them in Philippians chapter 1, beginning in verse 4, this way. 
He says, in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. And, and I thought that was kind of cool, too, because I, I think that shows how prayer really should be. Right? I mean, our, our prayers should not be religious routine where we just go through the motions. We say the same words every single time. And we just, it's, just, it's just rigid and cold. Our prayers should be filled with joy. And I, I love that. I can p- picture him praying with joy, with a smile on his face. He, he loves it. He loves talking to the Lord. And, and, and I think that's, that's how prayer should be for you, and, and, and especially when you're praying for others because you love them and you care about them and you're praying with joy. And then he goes on and he says, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on into completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He says being confident of this. Everybody say confident. Confident. See, see Paul is confident when he writes and, and how he lives. He lives with conviction. And he's confident about what he believes in, and more importantly, who he believes in. But I think, you know, in our culture today, there's so much wish-washy thinking and so much insecurity You know, we feel good in one moment about ourselves, then we're easily discouraged the next moment. We we think real clearly in in one moment, and then the next day, we question everything, and we're filled with doubt, even self-doubt. You know, we're assured that we matter in one moment, and then the next moment, we question whether we're enough, if we have what it takes, if people care, if, if they even care about our life and what we're doing, if it even matters. You know, see, this lack of confidence, it brings an anxious heart. It causes us to be frustrated and easily discouraged. And you know what? If people don't have faith in Jesus Christ, if someone doesn't believe in him, and they have no assurance for where they're going to go when they die, that they're going to go to heaven, then there is a lot of unknowns in life that can cause a lack of confidence. Maybe that's where you're at today. Maybe you can think back to that time in your life before you found Jesus. There is a lot of unknowns. Where did we come from? How, how do we get here? Where are we going when we die, if anywhere? What's the purpose in my life, and, and who determines that purpose, and if it matters? And what should be the compass to direct me through life? Like, wh- what is it that I'm aiming for, and where am I going? So that there is a lot of things that induce lack of confidence if you don't believe in Jesus. It makes a lot of sense if you're not a believer to have a lack of confidence. However, for those of us, for those of you who are with me and you're a believer in Jesus, we're not supposed to live that way. Paul writes here in Philippians in confidence because we're supposed to have confidence. Listen to to God's word, Hebrews chapter 6 verse 19. It says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. So we're supposed to live with confidence as believers. We live with confidence, a great confidence. And we have this hope As an anchor. What is an anchor? An anchor is firm. It's secure. It's strong in the storm. When the wind and the waves of life beat up against the boat of your life, you're strong and secure because not because you're so great, but because God is so great. Because he's got great strength for you and that anchor, it holds you. So we need that hope. And that hope gives us confidence. Write, Write this down. It's in your teaching notes. I have confidence because my hope in Jesus, anchors my life. It anchors my life. That's what anchors me. 
not skill and ability, not knowledge and education, not friendships and connections, not possessions and material wealth, none of that. I'll tell you what anchors me. My foundation is my hope in Jesus. That's what gives me confidence. You know, we have a reason for great confidence as believers, don't we? I mean, we have an anchor. This anchor holds us strong. We have confidence. We should live that way. It's easy to live without confidence. It's easy to get discouraged. It's easy to think, man, it's not possible. I can't do it. I'm not enough. You see Charlie wrestling with some of that in the lyrics of this song. I played basketball with some of the church experience guys maybe about six weeks ago. and we, we play often on Tuesday nights, and I got together with them, and someone passed me a ball, and it was flying right at me, and I, I, I went out to grab it, and that ball hit me dead on on my finger, and I jammed my finger like I had never been. I played basketball almost my whole life now, and I just, I never jammed it like that before. It hurt so bad. I, I thankfully quickly grabbed my wedding ring and pulled it off because I, I thought this thing was going to swell up. It's going to get bad, and it did. I mean, the guys, they checked it out. Like, it was black and blue. Like, like they could see it, like, right in that moment. It just started turning black and blue real bad. It hurt. Still, I can still feel it a little bit, and it's been, like, weeks. And over the last, like, six weeks, because of the pain and the swelling eventually went down, the black and blue started fading out. But, but I, I tried to put my wedding ring on a couple weeks later and trying to get it over that knuckle, it hurt so bad. I was like, no, I got to wait a couple more weeks. So I waited a couple weeks. I went to put it back on. I tried again. This time I really tried to push it on hard and, oh, that hurts. Like, I'm not doing that. So I waited a couple more weeks. It's been like, like I said, like about six weeks. And Jennifer and I were talking about, like, I want to have a wedding ring on. I'm proud of my, my marriage of 16 years. And she wants her man to have a wedding ring on, right? So like, it's like, we agree. We got to get this on. But I'm like, babe, there's a problem. It's not going to go. It hurts. And so we started talking about, well, maybe how about just buy like a, a you know, a cheap ring and I put it on temporarily until I can get my real wedding ring back on my finger. And it's like, that made sense. We're thinking about it, talking about it. And she's like, why don't we just try again? I'm like, babe, you got a high pain tolerance. Like, you had four babies. <laughs> I have, you know I have a low pain tolerance. And she'll tell you. She's like, she'll mess with me about that all the time. She's like, you're a sissy. You can't hit. I'm like, it hurts. It hurts. I'm whining. She's like, I had some babies. I don't know nothing about that. But I, I'm trying to get this ring on, and, it, and it's like, it hurts so bad. And, and, and she's like, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get your hand really cold. And so we put it under the water, and it's, like, really cold. And she goes, and we're going to put some of this. She's got, like, this Vaseline type of Vicks Vapor Rub. She put that all around my finger and on the inside of the ring. She's like, we're, we're going to get that thing on there. She was confident. She's like, this is going to work. I'm like, it's not going to work. I, it's going to hurt. It was at night. And I'm like, I'm not going to be able to sleep. Why don't we do it in the morning? She's like, no, we can do this. And she's confident it's going to work. I'm like, I want the ring on. I just don't want it on that way. Like, let's, let's go get another ring. She's like, it's going to happen. And so we get it all, all, all situated. And it's like, you ready? One, two, three. Ah, oh, oh, it's on. It was like this painful and then joyful moment all at, at the same time. So it made it over my knuckle, but man, it hurt. It hurt so bad, but it's, it's on there. We're good now. It's like, it's never coming off. I don't know if knuckle's ever going to feel better again after that. But she was certain. Like, she knew it. She's like, it's going to, it'll go on. I'm like, it's not going to go on. I tried. It hurts. She's like, no, it's going to go on. She, she was certain. She was certain. You know, confidence is certainty. Like, I, I believe, I, I believe this is going to happen. And there is so much lack of confidence in how we're living in our faith. We, we're so wish-washy, and we're up and down. We're easily discouraged and filled with anxiety and doubts. And, and Paul here is saying to this new, young church, listen, have confidence. Have certainty, not in yourselves. You don't have self-confidence. Have God-confidence. Confidence in Jesus that's strong and secure. It's an anchor. We have a hope that's not going to disappoint us. 
you can hope in something and then, and then it lets you down and you realize it was just a wish. Well, a wish is different than hope. Hope for us in Jesus is confidence and certainty that God will come through for us. That our hope in Jesus and in heaven is going to happen and we believe in him. Confidence that he had the power to rise from the grave. And that same power is at work in us. So we have confidence. Everybody say power. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid. There's a lot of timid Christians these days. But it gives us power. Everybody say power. Love and self-discipline. And if you, lack, if you lack confidence in God, you lack power to push through the hardship. And it's going to get you down. And you're going to be up and down and left and right. But, but confidence in Jesus is what gives us that foundation and strength. It's what allows us to have perseverance. It's what gives us the steadiness in the storm. It's that anchor. So if you find yourself always being thrown around by every temptation, every trial, maybe it's that you need to lean more into the power of Jesus. That comes through our hope, our confidence in Him. Not again, and not in ourselves, not in our situation, but in Jesus. You know, I'm going through the storm, but I got an anchor. When I'm going through the storm and I got an anchor, I have hope. It's going gonna, it's gonna to hold. This, this anchor is going to hold. But there's power. There's power in Jesus. You know, I love uh, visiting Southern California. Jennifer grew up in San Diego. We got engaged there. We got married there. It's a special, sentimental place for me. But if I was going to drive to California tomorrow, which I have made the drive before. It's a long drive. It'll take you a couple days. If I was going to get in my vehicle and drive all the way to California, and, and I tried to power my vehicle with AA batteries, I'm not going to get there. I'm not talking about solar power. I'm not talking about gas and fuel. I'm talking about if I just had double A batteries, I'm not going to get out of the block, right? It's not enough power. You need more power to get from here to there than what a couple little batteries are going to provide. And if you're trying to live your life in self-confidence and your own abilities, there's just not enough power. You're going to lack confidence. You're going to be insecure about things. If it's all about you and it's all powered by you, you don't got enough power. But as a believer, I tap into the power of the spirit of the living God that's inside of me as a believer. And that gives me great power. That gives me great authority and strength to press through life, to be secure and strong because I got an anchor. And my confidence is in Jesus. It's in his name. It's in who he is. Friends, I want to tell you to take confidence. I want to encourage somebody today to take confidence because I know that the devil loves to beat us up and tear down our confidence. And, and I'll bet you that there's somebody in this room, if not multiple people, that looked in the mirror this last week and said, I don't know. I just don't know. And just kind of feeling down and lacking confidence, lacking hope. I don't know if this is going anywhere. I don't know if I'm going anywhere. I don't know if I'm enough. And, and you see that when, when Charlie Puth is talking about this song, he's like, you know, I just wanted to, I wanted to write about my insecurities. And I think a lot of people have them. And he's right. They do. A lot of people. We, we live with insecurities about who we are and where we're going, and, and I just see in Paul such great confidence. He says, have confidence. Let's go back to verse 6 again, and it's rich. It says, being confident of this, that he who began, everybody say began, began a good work in you, will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Everybody say completion. So it tells us that he began a good work, so God's begun something in you, but we know also that it's not complete. It's not completed. 
So, so God's begun something in us. He's begun something in this church. He's begun something in your life. He's begun something in your family. He's begun something in, in your heart. But it's not completed yet. It's not done yet. It's not finished. And we're kind of living in between what's begun and what's going to be. And we're somewhere in the middle. And, and, and God's working out his plan in us. And it says that he began. He began. So life's a journey. It starts, it grows, and then there's eventual completion. I was, I was kind of wrestling with this this week as I was writing and preparing and praying for you. And I was just kind of thinking how to explain this. And I think, you know, now that we're in the Netflix era, I think it might be helpful to think of our life like a show. I mean, you picture your favorite show. And I don't even think it's a full, I think it's probably like an episode. I think your life is like an episode because our lives are brief. I think it's probably like, we'll just call it the earth episode, <laughs> all right? And inside the earth episode of your life, there's all these different scenes, right? And every scene, just like in a show, has a different backdrop. And the backdrops are always changing of your life. The characters are always changing in your life. People are coming and going throughout your life. And this, this earth episode that you're in, this life that, you, that you're in, think of Think about it maybe like the seasons and in the years as the various scenes of your life. Well, there's, a, there's a problem with it. There's a dilemma. The, the dilemma that we wrestle with that goes back to this question that we began with that Charlie asked about insecurity. The, the question, the problem is this, is that, is that how do we find confidence when the people in our lives, they only see us one scene at a time? When we look at our lives, we only see our life with just a few scenes at a time. Like, we know it is, and we can look back. In fact, the people in your life, they, they might have some history with you now. I love that our church is three years and some months old now. We're looking forward to celebrating four years. And, and coming this next year, I think that'll be great. But it, it's fun to have history because you start to know some things about people, right? You get to know them. You know their strengths, their weaknesses. You, you love them through the different challenges of life, and you kind of spend some time together, and just, it becomes like family. And I, I love that we're a church family, right, because we've been through some stuff. And you got some people in your life, maybe some biological family, maybe some friends, church family. But you got some people that have kind of stuck with you in a little bit, and they, they, they've seen more than one scene. Someone walks into your, your life tomorrow, they only see that little scene. They don't know you, so, and they don't know your future, of course, so they just see that one little scene. But, but you have some history of people, they, they know some, some things about you. You know, of course, a lot about your life. You've been there through this whole journey, so you, you've seen a lot of the scenes. But there's only one person who's seen every single scene of your life. Everything that has been, everything that is, and everything that will be, and that's God. And he loves you even though your earth episode is all messed up sometimes. He still loves you and he's with you in it. And unfortunately, the problem is that some people, when they look at your show, they look at your life, they will say, man, this, this scene is not good, so I don't think this show is worth watching. And maybe you've had some people back out on you and leave you and quit on you because they look at a scene of your life and they say, well, that's not any good. I, I don't like what I'm seeing. Maybe you've given up on yourself. Because you've looked at your life in a certain scene and you said, I don't think it's that good of a show. I don't like what I'm seeing. I don't like this little earth episode. And you get all discouraged and my, my situation's bad, so my life is bad. And this is not worth watching. But just like in a movie, if you stop watching it two-thirds of the way through or halfway through, if you lack the conclusion of the story, then the whole thing doesn't make sense. There's no perspective if you don't see the grand finale, if you don't see the end of it, then all the stuff leading up to it doesn't, doesn't land. And God sees the end for you. He sees what Paul writes about here, completion. 
God knows that he began a good work in you, but he also knows that he has a completion in mind. There's somewhere he's taking you. In the end, he knows what it's going to be like in eternity and how amazing it's going to be and and what he's, he's creating you for. And if you give up now and you quit on your faith now and you back out now, listen, you're going to miss the best part. And people will come in your life and they will judge you. People will think less of you. You will think less of yourself sometimes. But listen, you've got to take confidence in the fact that God has begun and he will also finish what he started so he's at work in your life and his best for you is still yet to come. His best is yet to come. He's still at work. It's a journey. And so part of finding contentment in my identity and, and when I'm not who I know I could be, when I'm not fully who others want me to be, is knowing that there's more scenes to come. It's a journey, and it's not completed yet. So don't be discouraged. The devil will love to throw that in your face and say, well, you're not who you should be. We'll just look at him back, back at, and say, well, in Jesus' name, I'm not who I am going to be yet. <laughs> yeah, it's not, I, I'm not, I agree, I'm not who I should be yet. <laughs> I'm not who I could be yet. God's at work in me. He's completing me. It's a process. It's a journey. And when I'm, when I'm down, when I have a setback, when I've made a bad decision, when you fall into temptation and you sin, listen, the problem is that others might look at you and say, man, this is, this is a bad episode. And, 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 and they will judge you on that one moment of time. If you're not careful, you'll be your own worst critic. And you'll get discouraged. And, and you'll get down because you'll evaluate your life based on one, one scene. You'll, you'll forget about all the things that God's done in your past. If you're not careful, you'll zoom in on the scene of your life, this one bad day, this one bad week, and you'll forget all the ways God is working in your life. You'll, you'll zoom in on that little piece of your life, and you'll forget all the things that he's going to do in your future. And the devil would love to get you so focused on that one thing in your life that's not going how you want it to be, want it to, that you'll get down, and you'll walk around with your head hanging low like there's no hope, and then you lose your confidence, and then you get insecure, and then you can't live in faith. So what I'm saying is God's word is telling us that God's got us on a journey. And no, you're not finished. But that should not discourage you because there will be finished. So know you're not who you should be. And know you're not who your friends think you could be yet. (laughs) But if you'll stay with Jesus, then you'll get there. And know you're not who you want to be yet and you don't fully like who you are yet. But God's working. It's a journey. He's he's developing you. But don't, don't zoom in on that one poor day. Don't zoom in on that one bad decision and think there's no hope here. Sometimes people will bring a picture to me and say, hey, Brandon, do, do you like this picture? They'll take a picture of me speaking or something. Can we, can we share this? Do you like this picture? And they'll, they'll show me a picture like this one. I'm like, no, I don't like that picture. I mean, look at that face. That's kind of, what am I doing? That's weird. I was like, show me a different picture. Like, well, do you like, you like this one? I'm like, seriously? I mean, that's embarrassing. What am I, I don't even know what I'm doing. It's kind of a funny face. So give me another one. And they'll show me a picture like this. I'm like, come on, man, take that down. That is, that's bad. That's bad, right? You know, see, a photographer sometimes will catch just a moment, right? A moment, a scene. And, and your friends are the same way. You're the same way. You'll catch a little scene of your life and be like, that's not good. <laughs> this, this is bad. Like, I don't like what I'm seeing. I'm, I'm so discouraged. Because Why? Because I'm so zoomed in. I'm just seeing this little frame of my life. And you're never always at your best. I mean, you have down days. You have bad moments. Because why? You're, you're a work in progress. It's in a journey. And it's horrible when you, when you have a bad moment. But don't judge your whole life based on a scene or a season of your life. 
this season of life that you're in, don't assess your entire life based on this one season or one decision. Other people will do that. Don't do it to yourself. Take a deep breath. Spend some time with God. Say, God, I need you to reassure me of who I am in you and the hope I have in you. Seek out a friend or an advisor, a pastor, counselor. Talk with someone who can help you zoom out and see the bigger picture. Because there's a lot to be encouraged by in your life. I mean, think about, think about for a moment where you used to be and some of the things that, that God's done in your past and forgiven and redeemed. I mean, that's some good stuff. Think about the ways that God is at work. I mean, just we, our setup team this morning, we just spent some time, and I, I said, hey, guys, everybody just shout out one thing you're thankful for. Everybody just shout out something they're thankful for. Maybe this week, y'all just go through the week, and every, every day just shout out something new that you're thankful for. God, I'm really thankful for this, and God, I'm thankful for that and that person, and God, what you're doing in my life. And we just we forget about that because we're so zoomed in on what we don't like and what we're not thankful for. Maybe you just need to have someone help you zoom out, and maybe it's through prayer, just zooming out and seeing the bigger picture of how God's at work. Maybe, honestly, you just need to get some sleep. <laughs> Sometimes I have a bad day. I just need to get some sleep and reset for a new frame. Uh, tomorrow's, tomorrow's a new day. I'm going to speed up when it gets here. I'm going to go to sleep right now. Listen, see, here, here's the lesson. It's in your notes. When discouragement is closing in, and maybe it's closing in on somebody today, but when discouragement's closing in, zoom out to see God's bigger story. I hope you'll remember that this week, that you can zoom out, that that you don't have to be hyper-focused in on that one thing that you don't like or that one trait you don't like or the one thing you're trying to change or that one relationship that went wrong. Zoom out and say, you know what, God, I believe you're at work in my life. I have hope and I have confidence that you're not through with me. You began. Everybody say began. You began a good work in me and you're going to complete it. Everybody say complete. He's going to complete it. So don't give up. God's working in our lives. Let's go back to Philippians chapter 1 again. So good, this, this letter to this young church. And, and this verse, man, I think it speaks to us now around 2,000 years later, just in the same way with the same power that God had intended. He's, it says, be confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And I want to focus on this, this phrase he says here, that he who began a good work in you and think about that like a work so God's doing a work in me and it's an interior work primarily he's primarily doing this work inside of us most of your biggest battles in life aren't they in your mind and your heart they're inside of you and it says God's doing a work inside of you everybody say work we don't like to say that word do we because it's like it's not always that fun to go to work to work hard at something, to be sweating over it. So it's, it's not fun to work. Everybody say work. But that's the exact word that he uses, isn't it? He, it's a work that God's doing in us. It's not a play. <laughs> it's, it's a work. It's, it's, it's work. God's working in us. He's developing something in us. I stopped by a life group uh, just this last couple of weeks to visit. Life group I don't normally attend, but I just want to check in on them, say hi. And, and uh, the host of that life group, and by the way, let me just pause and say this. I think everybody should be in a life group. We have all, all different kinds of groups, but I, I think you need people in your life because people make your life richer. They make your life better. I mean, they just it's just sweet to have some people in your life, and they're not perfect, just like you're not perfect, but, man, somehow in the gelling of different lives coming together and, and the high fives and the hugs and the handshakes and the smiles is like it lifts us, and we, the iron sharpens the iron. Even though there's a little friction there at times, it, it, it makes us better. You know, we need each other. You know, I mean, think about once a lot, we're talking about, your life being an episode. When's the last time you watched a movie that only had one character? 
I mean, was it really? I mean, that, that just never happens. It, it did, Castaway happened, though. You remember that, Tom Hanks? Remember Castaway, right? But, I mean, some people will say it was hard to watch, though, because it's only Prince one character, so it's quiet the whole time. But even in that movie, he had a friend. You remember Wilson? Wilson! Yeah, you remember Wilson. Well, well, Castaway, I mean, it, some people liked it. Some people thought it was really hard to watch because there's not a lot of talking. But, I mean, it's like, it's rare that you have a movie that has, like, one character, and then it's good. It's just hard to have a movie with one character, and it's hard to have a life that's well-lived that doesn't have other characters in it. You need friends. You need people that know you, and that's the whole idea of life groups is that you're experiencing life together with other people. You need that. You need Christian community. That's the value of the church. It's the beauty of it. But anyway, I was stopping by this life group, and uh, the hosts of this group, they're, they're getting ready to put their house on the market for sale. They're going to move across town get a different place, and they were preparing to sell it, and the realtor's like, hey, you ought to fix up these couple things, redo this bathroom, whatever, because that'll make the house more valuable. So if you're going to sell it, it makes sense. Put this money in it. You'll get, you'll get it back out when you sell it. And they're like, okay, let's do it. So they, they started renovating their house. And I could tell by the way they explained this to me that they didn't maybe know all that they were getting into because once they got into it and they realized they still had to live in the house while the house was being worked on. Some of you have done that. You've been there. You know how much of a pain it is to live in a construction zone. Because there's junk everywhere, and you can't find the thing you're looking for, and it's a mess, and there's dust and dirt, and it's, 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 a, it's a problem, but progress is being made. So good things are happening, a good result's going to come, but while you're in the middle of the work, everybody say work, it's not always fun. Your life is a lot like that. Your, your soul is a lot like that. God's working inside of you, and he's doing something. He's taking you somewhere, but while he's working on you, it's not always a fun process. Sometimes it gets a little messy, but if you want to have momentum, you got to let it get messy sometimes. If you want progress and productivity, sometimes you got to get through problems. So I'm just saying, whatever God is doing in your life these days, don't let the devil discourage you with it and say, hey, look how messed up things are right now. Look how things are changing on you. Look how they're shifting, and, and look at all these problems that have surfaced. See, sometimes you got to surface the problem to deal with it. Sometimes there has to be issues to come around to make things better. I mean, you get a splinter. Man, that thing will swell up, but then you know what it's doing? It's pushing it out. It's, it's, it's bringing it to a place of healing. And some of you got some swelling going on. you got some problems in your life right now. You're just, things are kind of piling up, and the issues and the anxiety. Listen, if you give it to God and you keep your hope in him, maybe God's using that. Maybe he's working on you. Maybe he's doing something new in your life, and you just haven't identified it yet. But don't, don't, don't get overly discouraged, you know. Again, the devil uses this to, to tear people up all the time. I was in a, a group one time with a woman who shared a group, and she said that, you know, I, I was at a place in my life one time where I wouldn't go to church even because I didn't want to be around people because I didn't like how I looked. She said, I wanted to lose a certain amount of weight before I was really around people, and I, I, didn't, I wasn't happy with myself. And so I, I avoided people. I, I didn't even go to church because I, I wanted to wait until I, I, I felt good about how I looked on the outside. And she can see it now, but I can see that. I mean, the, the devil's lying to her, saying, hey, until, you, until you're in a better spot, then you just need to pull, pull back and, and, you know, don't, don't be around others and, and, and this kind of thing. And, man, you, you can see that in the lyrics of this song that, that Charlie writes. He, he says, because everybody's trying to be famous. I'm just trying to find a place to hide. All I want to do is just hold somebody. So this is that the desire for relationship, but no one ever wants to get to know somebody. Maybe I'm going to get a little nervous. Maybe I don't even go out anymore. 
I don't even want to go out. I don't really want to be around people because it's kind of like what I want, and then there was what they want, and the devil will lie to you. They don't care about you. They don't notice you. They're going to judge you, and all these different things that keeps us isolated. Don't let the devil lie to you like that. You just keep putting yourself out there and being around people because it's going to make you better and, and work through that with God's help. But don't be so insecure about all the things that are imperfect in your life because, listen, we're going to be imperfect until the day we die because God's still working on us and perfecting us. He's making us better. He's not finished with us yet. The, the moment you're finished, that's the day you breathe your last breath because then God's carrying you on to completion. And there'll be a day of completion. Paul says that. But this is not that day. This is the day where God's working. And he says work, and he's working. And working is a progress. It, it's, a, it's a process. It's a, it's a, it's a time where, a season where God's developing us. He's changing us. You know, it's hard to be a work in progress. It can be discouraging. But, but don't, don't isolate yourself. Don't get all insecure about it. You know, none of us are going to be perfect all the time. We're not going to say all things right. We're not going to always do the right thing. But, but God is he's working in your life. There was, there was many times over the last 20 years. I started preaching when I was 18. So it's been about 20 years that I've been preaching on a weekly basis. And there's been so many times in there where I, I, I sat down after I preached, and I felt like that, just, that didn't come out like how I wanted to. Like, you know, I don't think I'd did it right. You know, it's like I, I should have prepared harder or prayed harder or something because that just, that didn't land. I, I, was, I was trying to communicate something that was on my heart, and I, I don't think it helped anybody. You know, like, I, what are we doing? We're wasting our time here. I don't think that, and I, I'd get discouraged, and, and there was a number of times where, I mean, one of my favorite things to do is I love after the service, I'll try to position myself somewhere in the lobby or somewhere outside where I can try to catch as many people as possible before they leave because I, I love talking to people. If I had enough time, I'd just sit out with every person. How was your week? Tell me what's going on. How can I pray for you, encourage you? I love that kind of stuff, but just, you know, I, 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 there's been so many weeks where I, I just felt like, man, I, I don't feel good about what happened. Over these last 20 years, I, I can identify. This is just different weeks where, man, I, I didn't feel good. And, and it got to the point where I was like, I don't, I don't even really want to go out and talk to people. Not because I don't love people, because I'm not loving myself right now. You ever been in that, that spot? I, just, I don't feel good about my, I don't really want to be around. And I, I kind of see Charlie singing that in the song. I just kind of want to hide. I don't, I don't really want to get to know anybody right now. He says, I'm a little nervous. Maybe I just, maybe I just won't go out anymore. And see, you can see how the devil works in that. Just try to kind of pull you off to the side, hey, listen, you're not, you're not, you're not perfect. You're not good enough, and, and you're not where you should be. And what you need to do is you need to look right back at him and say, in Jesus' name, I'm not who I'm going to be yet. So I'm a work in progress, and I'm going somewhere, and God's going to develop me, and I'm going to grow in him. My faith's going to grow. My character's going to grow. My abilities are going to grow as I depend on him, and I have confidence in him. So, so just say, I'm, I'm not... I'm not finished yet because God's not finished with me yet. So the, the primary work that God's doing is inside of us, but it is work. It gets messy. And, and you know, you can't ignore what's happening on the outside while he's working on the inside. And that, that's the hard part because God's simultaneously working in both places. He's working in your situation, and he's working in your soul. Always at the same time. He's working in your situation, and he's working in your soul. He's working in your circumstances while he's working in your character. Always at the same time. You see this in 1 Samuel. You see an indication of the two things that are always at play in our lives. They're trying to anoint the next king of God's people, the nation of Israel. And Samuel's uh, going to this one specific family God's led him to. And he's looking at all the brothers and who's going to be the next king. And, and the guy that ended up being the next king, David, was the least likely pick. And so, but before he got to him, he looked at some of the other brothers. And in chapter 16, verse 7, it says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height. Talking about one of these brothers that didn't get selected. He said, For I have rejected him. 
The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks where? At the heart. That's where the Lord looks. So people look at the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. There's actually two true statements there. I only, most of my life, I've heard this verse all my life, and I, I used to always just look at the one, that God looks at the heart. So that's what matters more, right? That's the right answer? Yes, that is the right answer. So that's where we should be only focus is on the heart. And I, and I think it's true that we should focus on the heart, and I think that takes precedent. But always, it also tells us another true statement, that people look at the outward appearance. That's equally true. Just as much as the fact that God looks at the heart, it's also true that people will look at the outward appearance, and they'll judge you, and they'll assess you, and they'll evaluate you. And so you just need to be aware of that. And, and maybe there's some things that you can do to, uh, to be wise in the way that you uh, work with people. And, I mean, you should put deodorant on and floss your teeth and, you know, take care of yourself. All that's probably good. That, but that's not as important as the interior work. And so there's exterior work you might need to do, and you, you, you're going to have to do some exterior things, and you have to be careful what you, what you say and what you do and all these things because people will judge you. They will assess you, and you might say, well, I have good a heart. Well, sometimes people don't care about what your motive was or what your heart was. They're just going to look at what you did. But what I see in this, what I see in this verse is that people are going to look at me, and they're going to they're gonna judge me based on my outward appearance, and not just my physical appearance, but on my performance, on, on, my, on my actions, on what I do with my time. People are going to look at you, and they're going to watch that little frame of your life, and they're going to evaluate whether it's a good show. They're going to say, well, I'd, I want to be friends with this person because I like what I see. And you need to be aware of that because when people look at you and they don't like what they see, you can't go to insecurity and run like he's talking about in this song, run to this place where, well, people don't like me, so I don't like myself. I'm not good enough. Listen, God judges you based on what's going on in your heart, and his work primarily is in your heart. You have to balance. You're in this world. You can't escape the fact that people are going to evaluate you based on what they see, but that can't become your priority. Your priority has to be what God's doing in your heart. And it's just a problem when God is perfecting you, so meaning you're imperfect, and people expect perfection. Isn't, it? Isn't that a tough place to be? But that's our world. You know, I hope over the next few months as you're, you're driving to work and you're, you're out on the town and you see those little cones and you see those flashing lights with the trucks, and I, I hope when you see that, that you'll think of something. I hope you think of this talk because you, you'll see the road construction, and you know what they're doing. They're about to tear up the road, right? They're going to they're tear up that road that you drive on every day, and, and it's a hassle. It's going to be a hassle for a few months because they got to tear out all the old stuff, all the cracked concrete or all the asphalt that's gone bad and faded. They're going to tear all that out. And then what they're going to do is they're going to come in, and they're going to lay a fresh layer of asphalt over the top, and they're going to stripe it, and then they're eventually going to take all their cones, and they're going to go along, and there's going to be a moment like a couple weeks after they're done, and you're going to be on your commute to work, and you'll be like, Man, this is a smooth ride. This is nice. Like, this road is good. But then you can flash back to how it used to be. Like, man, that was, it used to be a mess. Well, there's going to be a day when you're gonna, your life is going to be, what God's wanting to do in your life is going to be complete, and he's going to work out his plans for you, and it's going to be better. But right now, while it's in the middle of road construction, and there's caution tape, and there's cones in your life, and all the equipment's there, and it's a mess. Don't get discouraged and give up, because there will be a day when it's better. There will be a day when God's work is complete. So just, just don't give up on him, because God's doing a work in you. He's doing a work in your life. You know, this, the lyric of this song, Charlie says, he says, I'm going to tell them all that you can either hate me or love me, but that's just the way I am. And you kind of see his thinking. He goes from this place of insecurity to like, you know, people don't love me, so I'm just going to avoid people. And then he finally comes to this conclusion like, well, fine. You know what? People are going to judge me. People are going to hate on me. 
I'm not even hating on myself. But you know, hate me or love me, that's just who I am. And I, and I kind of think, well, maybe, maybe is that how I'm supposed to live? Hey, hate me or love me, this is just who I am. Hate me or love me, this is just who I am. Maybe that should be kind of how I live. And although I think there's some truth in that, that we shouldn't go around worrying about what everybody thinks all the time, I don't think that should be my, my standard in life. I think I should have a higher standard of that. Because I want to be secure. But I don't want to use that as a reason that keeps me from becoming better. Some people think that, that growth in their life in some areas is beyond reach, and so they quit trying and they settle for less. And they say, this is just who I am. Maybe you've done that. It is just who I am. That's just, that's just how I am. This is my flaws. This is, just my, this is who I am. And that's, that's probably the one issue that I have with the idea of this song. Now, I like the idea of not worrying what others think, but what I don't like is that sometimes when we say, that's just the way I am, that's just not true. That's not the way you are. You can actually be better. God can actually do more in your life. God has more planned for your life. So to say, that's just the way I am, can be an excuse. God has way more for you, way more. So write this down in your notes. The way I am today won't be an excuse for who I can become tomorrow. The way I am today, that's not going to be an excuse anymore. I'm not going to say, well, that's just the way I am. The devil would love to just, you to say when you're in your low moments, ah, that's just who I am. I'm just flawed. I'm a failure. The spiritualized, I'm just sinful. And make no mistake about it, you have sinned. We've all sinned. But you're just, you're just a sinner. You're no good. You're never going to make it. You, know, you can't overcome that. That's a, you're going to deal with that your whole life. No, listen, you look right back and you say, in Jesus' name, God's got more for me. I'm not going to say the way I am is an excuse. I'm going to move past that. See, when I'm not fully what others think I should be and when I'm not fully what I could be, when others don't fully like who I am and when I don't really like who I am, I just got to throw in that word yet. I'm not there yet. I'm going to be secure in Jesus and who I am now that he's working in me. It's a work. And I'm going to have confidence in that in today because I have hope for today and hope for tomorrow because of Jesus. That's where my hope is. It's not in myself. It's in Jesus. That's where you need to live. And so if you've been discouraged lately, if you've been thrown all around and you're thinking by this world, if you're under attack, listen, Jesus has more for you, but you've got to keep your hope in him because his greatest hope for you is not in your own abilities and who you are. It's in who he is. Now, he loves who you are and he believes in you, but it's all about what he says you're going to be and who he is. And so our hope is in Jesus. It's not in ourselves. My confidence comes from Christ. I want to close by reading the final verse to you, but it's, it comes out of this context. I was mentoring some, some guys, and I was explaining to them the three different parts of life that we always think through. You know, we think through always who I am in my past. And, and we, know, we know those scenes. We know, like, who we used to be. And then we also think through life in terms of what our current situation is. We evaluate, hey, how are things going? No one says, how's it going? You quick do a little process of how are things going? Oh, it's going good. Or oh, it's not going so good. We just we kind of run that through. And then we also process things through, like, how we hope they'll be one day. So we always have three filters going in our life. If we're evaluating our, our legacy, our life, who we are, how we feel about life, it's like, well, hey, how have things been? How are things going? How are they going to be? And that, and that's true. I mean, it's kind of how we evaluate life. I say, guys, there's actually a fourth category. We don't ever think about it. But this is probably the most important category to spend your time on. And, and I, I, I want to bring it out of this, this verse. You'll see it real clear in Ephesians chapter 3. This is the verse that my pastor would close every single message uh, when I was growing up as a kid. He'd, he'd just stand up and preach. 
And at the end, he would always come back to the same verse. I don't know how he did, but he'd always, like, come back to the same spot. And it's like, sometimes you're like, come on, let's get a different verse. And, and then he started to realize, well, he's doing this on purpose. He wants me to remember this. And it did. And my young, young mind, it, like, sunk in. And I, and I got it. And I want you to get it today. It's in Ephesians chapter 3. I want to read verse 19 and 20. It says, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now listen to this. This is the part he'd always just key on. And he said, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more. Everybody say more. Immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. So this fourth area is beyond what we imagine for our own lives. So you have hope for your future. You have plans for your future. But guess what? God's got bigger plans for your future. God's got bigger plans for you. It tells us that no eye has seen, no mind has imagined how how amazing God's work's going to be, how how amazing heaven's going to be. But that includes you because if you're a believer in Jesus, you're going to be there. So no eye has seen how good you're going to be. Not in, we're not talking like surface human abilities. We're, we're talking about in who you are. No, nobody, nobody's laid eyes on the perfect you yet. When you look in the mirror on your worst days and on your best days, you, you can't see it. It's, it's beyond that. God's got a better work for you. And, and listen, no mind can imagine. That means you can't even imagine. So you got plans for who you want to be. you got hopes for your future. God's plans are better. That's why you should trust in God's plans for your life over your plans. That's why you should hope in Jesus, not hope in yourself. That's why you should have confidence in God, not just confidence in yourself. So let your confidence be in him. Let your hope be in Jesus. Don't use that's the way I am as an excuse. Push beyond that and push beyond the insecurities and say, I have confidence and I'm going to live. I'm going to live in the hope that I have in Christ. Right on. Thanks for joining us at Church Experience Online. Please don't forget to check out the website if you'd like to get more connected, learn more, get your questions answered, or support this movement financially. You're now going to hear a Church Experience Worship original song, and we hope this gives you an opportunity to worship and reflect on what you learned today. We can move mountains, your strength so